Welcome to the Asia Society Hong Kong Movers and Shakers podcast. Through the short interactive fireside chat, we get to meet with the leaders and game changers in different industries for insights into their personal journey to success, what they learned, how they failed, and other interesting wisdom they may want to share. Today's podcast is with Fritz Demopoulos, co-founder of Chunar, one of China's largest online travel marketplaces, and Xiaowei, one of China's largest digital sports media companies. Fritz has been an entrepreneur and investor in the Chinese media and internet industries for over a decade. He is currently the founding partner at Queen's Road Capital, an early-stage venture fund focused on emerging markets. Chunar was listed on the Nasdaq in 2013 and acquired by Ctrip in 2015. For 4.4 billion USD, he has lectured frequently in entrepreneurship in the Chinese market at Stanford, Harvard, Tsinghua, Beijing University, and UCLA. Fritz sat down with me at Asia Society Hong Kong to conduct the following interview. Uh, Fritz, thank you so much for、uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to come by Asia Society. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. As, as you know,、um, I'm a big supporter, so happy yeah, to. If there's、there. any way to share or. Support you guys and girls. Happy to do it. You're a big supporter, and we appreciate that.、Um, so,、uh, as as we sort of outlined before, it's、uh, for the youth. This podcast and、uh, sort of the advice that you'd like to give to sort of the broad audience of of young people around the world, in terms of、um, what kind of wisdom you could pass along.、Uh, how we like to get started um, is uh, a morning routine.、Um, is that something that you have? What's the first hour of your day look like?、Uh, the first hour of my day. Oh,、um, I'm usually—that's、uh, a great question.、Uh, I mean, I, I usually get up at 5 a.m. and、um, it's when it's quiet time.、Um, I have two young daughters, and and so before they get up and get ready to go to school,、uh, that's when I do my high-quality reading, actually,、right. hmm. and、um, taking in a lot of knowledge and information and, and, and working on things. I I I feel I can、uh, be in the flow at at that time without meaning、uh, without many distractions. Um, and so that's how it's usually the first hour. Like I make a cup of coffee, I make a bit of noise in the kitchen, which I think bothers the helpers sometimes. <laughs>、um, and then I, I'm just there on my tablet or laptop and just taking in a lot of、um, information, whether it's my priority reading list or、um, some things I need to get done, basically. How do、um, pieces of content get onto this priority reading list that you're talking about here? Well, I, it, it happens a few ways.、Um, luckily,、uh, because of Amazon, <laughs> can and of course because of、um, you know, the podcast, we can download a bunch of stuff, right? right.、Um, but, but but usually, what I do is、um, probably the, the the greatest source of references is the weekend edition of the Financial Times. That <laughs> they have the the, the the life and art section always has great reviews on books and podcasts and artists and stuff like that.、Um, But but I also make a habit of asking people, hey, so what do you read?、Right. Uh, you know, tell me about your information sources.、And、it's just really interesting.、Um, people come up with obscure podcasts、right. that they listen to, or different blogs and websites that they are always referring to, and、um, and I always just make a mental note if it、mm-hmm. if it sounds interesting, and I'll check it out myself, and then、okay. and then really over time, you kind of build up, I, I guess, your own preferential reading list. In terms of podcasts, are there any specifics that、uh, you could recommend?、Um, Stanford University has、mm-hmm. a great one on education,、um, so I love reading that one. Um, uh, sorry, uh, listening to that one. Let me just look at my phone since、sure. everything's right there, right?、Um, of, of, of course, I, I like Hidden Brain. Oh, Hidden Brain from、right. um, NPR and Planet Money from NPR.、Uh, those are two great 
you know, podcasts. Um, recently, I've been listening to um, Star Talk, which is a- about astronomy and physics and the world of science. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson is usually the presenter, right. and I think he's a brilliant interviewer, host, commentator. Right. And um, so I, I, I listen to that a lot as well. Um, um, Tim Ferriss is interesting sometimes. I always get a lot of interesting life hacks from him. Right. Um, I, so I, I send to him on occasion. Now, in terms of uh, books, are there any that stand out that you've read that you'd, you'd recommend to our audience? Yeah, there's a bunch of books. Um, I think uh, maybe depending on um, the... It, it, it's, I, I, I guess it's difficult because uh, different titles uh, uh, resonate with different audiences. Right. Um, however, um, I, I think one of the classics that um, I've read a few times is The Mind of the Strategist okay. by Kenichi Omai. And uh, Kenichi Omai, I, I, I believe he was the mayor of Tokyo at, at one point and the, one of the senior partners at McKinsey. And he's written, in, I, I think, an amazing classic book that um, every single um, entry-level manager at every single Japanese corporation reads. It's mm-hmm. kind of a rite of passage. Um, and, and, and that book is just, um, uh, he goes into, it, it's really a lesson on structured thinking. Mm-hmm. And um, so to me, it's, 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 it's a fascinating read and something that, although I, the first time I read it was maybe 30 years ago, really? um, I continue to... Uh, to, 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 to reference that book um, and, it, and again the, the lesson is a, a very structured way of thinking about problems um, thinking about businesses it isn't just for business people by the way mm-hmm. I, I think um, frankly we live in a mathematical world like it or not and thanks to science and a bunch of other things um, and in, 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 in any mathematical environment, um, structured thinking can help us hmm. look at problems in, in, in unique ways. It, it isn't the only way, um, and like we can't discount um, creative thinking and out-of-the-box thinking, but um, structured thinking, I think, is, is really valuable. If we could sort of dive uh, deeper into sort of that level, and you're talking about you use a lot of mathematics and structured thinking and how you sort of make decisions. Um, are there any other... Um, well, we try to. Oh. <laughs> um, so uh, human beings are um, infallible, obviously. Right. Or fallible, I guess. Uh, irrational. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're irrational. Um, and uh, you may have read um, Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast mm. and Slow or Daniel Airely's uh, Predictably Irrational. Irrational, right. Um, um, what's it? I think it's uh, Paul uh, Cialdini. Cialdini, oh, yeah. right. Uh, uh, he, uh, he wrote a great book on influence. Influence, but all those right, yeah books are kind of within a broad category. Uh, some people describe it as behavioral economics. Yeah. Um, others talk about it as um, cognitive dissonance or right. screwed up minds. <laughs> it's a, 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 I think a very crass way to describe it. Um, but there's a lot of research that's going on in that, in, in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Thaler, who um, won the Nobel Prize in economics, right. who, who wrote a couple books, one called Nudge, and who was actually was recently in Hong Kong, actually, oh, really? and kind of gave gave a great talk I was fortunate to hear him speak um, huh. and well, like all these are, are, are just around that and, and so on one hand yeah he, I think it's interesting um, and, and, and it's so funny because I mentioned um, Omai's book right structured right. thinking and at the exact same time just last week I was in Los Angeles meeting a number of behavioral um, economists right. and psychologists mm-hmm. 
talking about why do human beings um, think irrationally and why do they make decisions the way they do. Um, and it was something I've read a lot about. I've studied it. Um, there's a great uh, Wikipedia article on um, cognitive biases. I, I, th I, think if, I think if one of your listeners typed in cognitive biases into Google, you, you'd see this amazing article um, on Wikipedia about 60 to 70 different biases we have as, as human beings and something I've absorbed and read about and have been fascinated with as well. So, sorry for digressing, but no, no, it's no. almost like there's there's a barbell and there's like both sides of it. And, right. and I've kind of tried to study and think about both sides of it. Interesting. Is, it, is there something about sort of the way that your mind works that you think is different than the average person? Something exceptional? No, uh, I don't think so. Um, I do laugh at people who think that about themselves. Um, there's a lot of, um, I think Jim Collins once said that, like he said that one of his greatest skills is he's able to see patterns that other right. people don't see. It, it's like in, 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 in the West at least, um, sometimes people's confidence is based on not so much being organized and executing, mm -hmm. but having that genius insight that no one else had. Right. It was my idea. <laughs> I saw it before anyone else did. I was first. Right. Um, and I think that's completely ridiculous. And and in and, and, and people who think, oh, like I think differently. Like, I mean, I mean, to me, um, a as if they have some natural innate ability. Right. I think you can learn to think differently. Um, I think um, we can uh, we can um, be very mindful of our like of our limitations. Mm -hmm of the situation we're in, um, they say, they, I don't know, I don't know who they is, um, that, one, that one of the top traits of a successful entrepreneur is self-awareness. Right. And, and you can make an argument of many successful people. It's just, they understand their limitations, they understand what they're good at, what they're bad at, and things that they're bad at, well, they don't focus on that or they hire someone to do it for them. <laughs> um, and I, I think, does that mean I think differently? No, I just, I, I would say that I think I'm much more aware than other people. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, okay. uh, so maybe that's it. All right. Yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't want to go down the path that, like, I'm a hidden genius or something like that. I mean, that's so ridiculous. And and, and, and other people do it. it it's, it's, it's something that gives, especially in, in the West, I think. Right. Um, it's like having the idea is, in, I think in some circles, Having the genius insight or idea is like 80% of, of success. Right. Um, but in the world of, luckily in the world of Silicon Valley and startups, it's 99% sweat and 1% right. the idea. Exactly. Well, yeah, I guess there's a level of ego in the West um, and it's, it's humbling um, for, for some entrepreneurs. When they, they reach that level of failure, um, in terms of failure, actually, that that's a big thing that we like to ask our guests. Do you remember a past failure in your life that you you you, you learned lessons from or helped transition into your current success? Yeah, I've had some great failures. That's for sure. That's a um, great way to look at it. <laughs> probably one of the best ones was in my first job. I was a project manager uh, dealing with some of the problems that our biggest client had. So this was an aerospace company, and we were selling to like another. We were selling well, like our parts to another aerospace company, and I was responsible for you know making sure that we built those products properly and we designed them. You know, it's just a typical 
you know, project management work. But then I thought, I think I'm also a capable guy, and um, I tried to negotiate with the uh, partner. You know, our, our, yeah, and, and, and it wasn't it wasn't within my remit to do that. Um, and the other side, this guy was pretty clever, and he was able to extract some information out of me. In fact, he was able to figure out just by talking to me a couple times exactly what our cost structure was, and then he realized we were overcharging him immensely, and so they pulled the contract based on me being out of control and reckless. Um, and so it was a huge mistake. I, I should have not even been talking to this guy, but, but, but I thought, you know what, I can negotiate a deal. Yeah. You know, I'm smart, right? Um, and, and the good thing is, is about a day later, I realized that I had made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, it, and in fact, it was gonna cost the company about um, 10% of its um, earnings. This, this is a big deal. Yeah, it's a big um, deal. Um, but what I did was now, I was able to recover. I mean, I called the CEO directly. I told them, right away. Nice. I screwed up. Yeah. This is what happened. I made a mistake. I apologize. I got ahead of myself. Um, I'm, the, I'm to blame. But luckily, so he took it. Okay, I got it. Now let me see what, if we can solve this. Couldn't solve it. But then many other fellow employees in the company started complaining about me and said, oh, look what Fritz did. And the CEO was like, I already know. He told me. Yes. He told me everything. Um, and and so, 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 so in some ways, being honest, you know, helped. And, right. and luckily, I wasn't fired. But it, but it, but it was definitely a huge mistake. And um, it, it really made me realize that there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. Um, and, um, and I think it was just a great mistake. <laughs> yeah, <that's beautiful>. yeah. <laughs> and luckily, um, um, it, 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 you know, I wasn't fired, really. It's an excellent story. I think uh, with a lot of our guests, uh, especially very successful, they show that uh, uh, a good pillar of what makes them who they are is the character, and you showed that there. And um, in terms of, you must get pitched and talked to a lot by uh, potential entrepreneurs who are, who are uh, wanting to, to, to get support or investment. Do you have sort of a BS detector? Like, how do you sort of filter out the good from the bad people that you bring on to either your team or you want to uh, invest in? I am certainly driven by um, those nonverbal cues like a lot of people. Right. Um, at least I'm aware of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure, like I have a few tricks, right? Um, you know, I, I try to gauge someone's commitment, you know, to their project. Okay. I mean, entrepreneurs always are pitching and like, are they really committed to this? Do they have a side project? Have they quit their job? Have they put their own money up in, 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 into the venture? Have they convinced other really capable people to join them? I mean, I mean to me, that all is, 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 is around commitment. And if, and, if, and if they can show that, that's amazing. Right. Um, um, but, but a lot of times, you know, people have ambition but not commitment. Right. Or they have a dream and maybe they're not as ambitious as they think they are. Right. Um, and so we see a lot of that. Okay. Um, now, is that a bullshit detector? I think it was more like, hey, uh, so one of the factors I, I, looked, I like to look at is commitment mm-hmm. and seriousness mm-hmm. and seriousness of intent. Right. Um, and then I try to ask questions around that and really, really try to gauge if, if, if this potential entrepreneur is, is, is behind that. Um, um, I, I, I also try to understand um, 
a little bit related to that, but you know um, how people think, and and so so, so I and so, and so I try to understand what have they done in prior life experiences. Why did they make the decisions they made? Okay. And, 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 and to me, it's really interesting because sometimes we assume, you know, someone says, yeah, like I went to Stanford and then I got a job at Morgan Stanley. Right. It's like, well, you know, you know, let's just take a step back, you know. Uh, why did you pick Stanford? Right. You know, was it just the reputation yeah. or did you have other choices? And, you know, why, you know, why the West Coast? Right. And then at Stanford, why did you study the degree you did? And why did you choose Morgan Stanley? Why didn't you choose another institution or... Do a startup. Everyone seems to be doing a startup out of Stanford. Why don't you do that? You know, really try to understand and probing, and really trying to understand, um, you know, how that um, potential entrepreneur was, was thinking in, in, in different parts of their life. Um, and by the way, like I picked this up from a friend of mine, um, you know, Richard Pung, who um, is the founder of Genesis Capital and used to work at Tencent, and that's his model. Mm-hmm. And so this is my idea. Like I just borrowed it from <laughs> like my Chinese friend, who. Um, you know, uses this to really gauge, you know, the high-quality entrepreneurs. So anyway, I mean, I mean, I mean like those are two things. Um, I, I obviously, um, I'm mindful of either industry experience or operations experience, but it's not a big requirement. Um, and, and sometimes, um, you know, Titus um, from, I mean, here in Hong Kong, right? right? I don't know if you know him. Um, you know, he, you know, um, he That's runs cool. a fund. Right. Yeah, 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 from Fresco. And um, he likes to talk about to really understand somebody, you need to spend 20 hours with them oh. to really understand them. Spend 20 hours, okay. Now, you can spend 20 hours in a meeting, a hike, a right. dinner, social right. event. It can be a range of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and his view is, and I completely agree with it, is that the traditional filters we use to vet and evaluate people don't work anymore you know the traditional bullshit detector doesn't work anymore it, it used to be where'd you go to school right did you have it in a, a prestigious company like on your CV um, now uh, because of Jack Ma because of the Jack Ma effect okay yeah. um, because you know Jack didn't do any of those no. <laughs> yes. and he still became the greatest entrepreneur in China and mm-hmm. Pony Ma sure he went to Shenda which is, is my is like what, horse horse tiger tiger right yeah. you know it's not that you know prestigious and he's one of the greatest too right yes. and so what we find out is when we look at some of the greatest entrepreneurs that are coming out of China they don't fit that profile um, and there's uh, there's a couple that do but you know the, the, the you know the vast majority of these incredible incredibly talented entrepreneurs who have built amazing businesses um, Come from a background that's not quite. You, you, you could say uh, what we're used to in those uh, traditional filters, and and and, 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 and and if you believe in the Jack Ma effect, and that these filters are not a good predictor of future success, then how do you evaluate somebody? Yeah. Or you can give them an assessment test. That might be one way. You have to look for other proxies, or spend time with them. Spend time. And spending 20 hours with somebody, you know, for example, like I've known Alice, you know, here at the Asia Society for many years. I'm trying to think, have I spent 20 hours with Alice over, over the, the last years? <laughs> I don't think so. 
have a 30 minute conversation here, right. coffee there, we're at a banquet here. It's about the same conversations <laughs> every time too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and is it 20 hours? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you know, that's how we really understand somebody. Um, um, in the absence of, or if, if the traditional filters are not as effective and are not good predictors of future performance. Um, now that, of course, uh, poses big challenges, right? Because if, 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 if you have to evaluate, I don't know, like 100 companies in a year, which is really small for, I mean, like most VCs are, are up to 500 to 1,000 companies a year. And so if, if, if you're evaluating 100 companies, you're talking 2,000 hours, that's pretty much your entire, <laughs> And, and, and the thing is, you haven't done anything else but just spend, right. you know, um, you know, twenty hours with a bunch of entrepreneurs, right? Um, um, and so, I hope that answered the question. Yeah, but, it's know, definitely it's, the twenty-hour rule. I think it's a sort of a next step uh, after you've screened them, but it, you, you, you just don't have time to spend twenty hours with everybody. But I think it's a good indicator once you get to that level. It, it, it is interesting. So it is true, and so you, you don't spend twenty hours equally, right? So, so we have to be prudent with how we allocate our time. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Um, a friend of mine, um, Vincent, who also runs a fund here in Hong Kong, um, he didn't know he was doing this, but he always had a rule before he and right before he invested in a company, he would invite the founders to his home for a weekend. Okay. So that got easily over the yeah, 20 hours. Maybe the 20 hours for sure. Yeah. For sure, right? Having dim sum, playing yeah. mahjong, uh, maybe going on a hike, mm -hmm. um, you know, up, up here, right, on Dragon's Back or something like that. Uh, so it, it, it kind of works. Right. I mean, you can see how it works, you know, just to see how they behave in a different environment okay. and, and maybe we pick, a some, uh, pick up some things. Um, I mean, there's no formula there. It's just uh, if you get along with them, is there, uh, I mean, what are you looking out for with this 20 hours? Uh, is it their competence? Is it their character? Uh, do they care about things and people and see viewpoints the way you do? Well, all the above. I mean, like, we hope that we don't invest in someone because they see our viewpoint, right? Right. Right. I mean, you know, I think that'd probably be a huge mistake, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we have to, I mean, the people with the best interpersonal skills aren't necessarily the best entrepreneurs, exactly. right? Uh, we like people who push back. Um, so one of my funny rules is um, I like entrepreneurs to listen to me a third of the time, only and, and to ignore me two thirds of the time. <laughs> um, hey, someone needs—I mean, great entrepreneurs think independently. Right. They do extract information exactly. from the environment. Yeah. They learn. They know how to learn. Um, they're always taking notes. Mm -hmm. They have a list of questions. Um, trying to really understand what you're saying. Um, but we may have advice, and and like I'm the first to admit that sometimes my advice doesn't make sense. Um, and it, and it was and I was lucky to be in China, because I realized in, in mainland China in in an in, in incredibly dynamic and crazy environment with multiple touch points. What we've discovered is. You could have advice and the exact opposite advice, and they could be equally effective. Right. It just depends on context and situation mm. and, and, and a range of other factors, which is why, by the way, there's so many China experts in the world, right. and, and, and it's why China experts can make a living for years. Right? Yeah, yeah, we've seen a lot of them. <laughs> because their advice somehow resonates in some way. Somewhere. <laughs> in, in, in somewhere, but, but, but you know, the reality is, is I'm the first to admit that people will disagree with my advice, and there's 
and there's equally valid alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, President um, Deng Xiaoping said it best, right? Mm-hmm. Black cat, white cat, mm-hmm. whichever whichever cat catches the mouse, he doesn't care. Right. And um, you know, I, I think that's a great lesson. Uh, we could go back to sort of your China experience. Chunar was a massive success. Um, something we'd like to ask, how much of what you achieved with Junar uh, was luck versus skill? I think it's about one-third luck, <laughs> <laughs> one-third skill. And by the way, luck is also timing. Right. Right, right. So timing and luck and then and, and one-third skill and then probably one-third, you know, just being willing to take a risk. Mm. There's a lot of people who don't even show up. Exactly. Sometimes you have to take a risk. What, what does that mean? You've got to quit your job. Uh-huh. You've got to get a small office. You've got to put a team together, and, and you have to try something. Right. Um, you have to have some skill and capability, and then hopefully if the stars align, and you have the benefit of timing, and, um, and, 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 and maybe some people give you breaks and some other things, or maybe a competitor stumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I think all those luck factors... Um, you know, play a role too. Yeah, so I, I would think about it that way. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. In, in fact, in even like running for president of the United States, a lot of it's luck too, and oh, timing yeah. and positioning and, and a range of other factors. Yes, you all like everyone's capable. I mean, I mean that's the amazing thing, right? Mm-hmm. You see so many capable people. Some of them made it, some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and there's got to be something there. Exactly. And I, I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, and I, I think this I, I think this willingness to take a risk sometimes I, I, I think that really differentiates some people from others uh, because there's so many smart people there's some people who are even more way more ambitious or I, I would take it back maybe they're not as ambitious as they think they are because they're not willing to take a risk right. so that dream is or the dreamers yeah like the dream is they big you know but, 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 but yeah you have to act you, you, you know it's, 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 one has to get into the ring, yes, and, and, and fight it out. Mm-hmm. And and the greatest thing is, in, 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 even if it doesn't go as well as you would like it to, you just feel so much better about yourself when right. you've done it. So, sort of a level of chutzpah, or um, I mean, I guess you could say that uh, the, the WeWork founder kind of had that, and he achieved that because nobody else was acting the way he was acting. Yeah, I mean, Adam Newman, right? <laughs> I mean, he had some quirky things, and uh, uh, and keep in mind that yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, and, and Adam was was I mean, I, I I've never met him, but I, but I've heard stories mm-hmm. about uh, like before you had a meeting with him, he you had to have a shot of vodka with him, right? Because he thought that was important uh-huh. to, to kind of bonding and, yeah. and kind of all that he sort of stuff. He was doing that, <laughs> right? And uh, and so he had these quirky, or you could say slightly alter. I mean, I I think there was a theory behind it, I mean, because he wanted to bond. Yeah, he, he, exactly. he, so he, he thought he thought that was important, and he thought, "What's a very efficient way to bond but to share a shot of vodka with someone?" Right. I guess right. Um, and so it sounds pretty good until it doesn't work anymore. Right? Exactly. But um, you know, I mean, you know, kudos to him. I mean, he did build an amazing business. Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 we said WeWork was worth two billion dollars, we'd say, "What an amazing business." Yeah. Because people thought it was going to be fifty, and it's really eight. We say, "Wow!" People start wondering and and start, you know, maybe kind of evaluating him. But, you know, I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, 
you built a great business. I mean, I don't know about the corporate governance stuff. I mean, I've read things, and you know, that's a separate issue. I mean, but you know, and you know, and, and we, can, we have to be held accountable to you know, like those sorts of things as well. But you know, in, in terms of having a vision, you know, he was on a kibbutz, I think, in Israel, and he noticed how people worked in right. a community environment, and he thought, you know what. I see, you know, millennials doing the same thing, and this is a need that they have, and and so he was right onto something, really. I mean, I mean, he created a new category, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so like you have to give credit to that for sure. I think there are some lessons to be learned. Um, uh, if we could sort of do a deep dive down into that, but. Uh, if we go back to sort of advice um, in terms of the future generation of entrepreneurs, leaders that are listening to this, what sectors, um, whether it's tech or anywhere in business, do you sort of foresee as uh, the, the future that um, you think they should be focusing their time, effort, and energy on? I don't, I mean, there's a lot of hot categories, right? Mm. Who knows, right? I mean, right. Maybe like another way to think about it would be um, as a young person, mm-hmm. either an entrepreneur or, or who wants to be an entrepreneur or just someone starting out in their career just wants to work for somebody. Um, we need to think about investing our time and our energy right. in different ways. Um, just like an investor does, by the way. Okay. Uh, if when, when you talk to these investors, they say, I invest in FinTech. I invest in China. Mm-hmm. I invest in early stage, late stage. Investors have something called a strategy where we're thinking about how to, uh, do we invest in different types of companies? Is it consumer? Is it enterprise? Whatever it is. And in some ways, I think a young person has to be thinking about their time now over the next 10 years. Yes. How are they going to invest their time? Exactly. Uh, one way is a geographic. It makes sense. Okay. You focus on... China, that'd be a great geography. Maybe broader Asia, North America, what is it going to be? South America. There's got to be some sort of a geographic focus, at least initially. Okay. You know, the greatest thing about success is then you can broaden that, right? Right. Um, and so there's something about geography that I, th- I think is important. Um, I think, secondly, of course, industry. Okay. Yeah. Is, it, is it tech? Is it AI? Automotive. It's, it's it's different ways to slice and dice it, mm-hmm. um, and being able and, and how you think about what types of industries you want to focus on. I think it's important. Um, thirdly, function. A, a young person needs to think about. I want to. I, I, I want to be good in finance. Okay. Maybe. Right. Or good at product management, project right. management, maybe engineering. Foundational skill. Right. What is that? That. that that one brings to the table after a few years of work and those found I think that's a great word those foundational skills and contributions could be you know in in some of the disciplines that that we're pretty familiar with right marketing finance engineering whatever it is right Um, and and of course someone who's really valuable can usually do two things And you don't even know that they can do the other thing because they don't broadcast it or because you're not in a position to know because it's, it isn't relevant for that person to tell you. Um, just like some people may speak multiple languages, but you only know that they speak one or two because it isn't in, in their interest or they, they can't be bothered to let you know. Um, and so, so we think about these three big categories, geography, 
industry function. Maybe a fourth one possibly is stage, smaller companies or big companies. Mm-hmm. And you know, in kind of each one of those um, strategies will offer different benefits. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, a larger company has training programs. Right. They also have um, like orientation programs allow you to network. You you're, you're actually part of a class right. joining. If, if 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 like if you join Goldman Sachs and in, in the analyst class, you become friends with all the other analysts. You you kind of know all these people all of yes. a sudden. So there's a bit of network value. Yeah. With it. I think there's a bit of training value. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the big company stuff, right? Okay. Um, um, certain functions you might learn a lot more in. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in, say like business intelligence or financial planning where you're exposed to all parts of a business might provide more value than something that's a bit more siloed. Right. Although something that's more siloed, you probably become more of an expert yeah. like rather quickly. Um, so, so we have these three to four strategies that, that and, 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 and I think a young person needs to think carefully about. Um, and, 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 and maybe one final thought on that, which I think is, is, is important too, is it can't be too narrow or, or too broad. If it's too narrow, if you say, I, I only want to work for companies in Michigan, that's my geography is Michigan, right. <laughs> um, in enterprise software, <laughs> It's very narrow. Yes, too narrow. Um, but of course, if you say, I want to do enterprise globally, that might be too broad. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be the right, it has to be the right size. Be- because by doing that, you can start building a, a, a foundation or a framework. You're, you're, you're building skills and experiences that all have a synergy kind of related to each other. Um, and you know that becomes really important, I think. Um, and so when one is thinking about their, t- in, in, in when we think about our time now, this is in, in, in within a work context. It could be a startup context. It could be the types of books one would read or conferences one goes to. And so they all kind of fit that strategy. And, and so that is, is how, if, if, if I were, you know, a, as a young person starting out, may want to make those considerations and now we're going to make mistakes. We're going to go down a few paths, and and, and luckily, if one is in their early twenties, they can probably um, have a couple false starts. Um, but then over time, you hope that that coalesces a bit. Right. And, and then after five or six years, following a specific strategy, now there's a base. And that I think um, could be a you know a excellent starting point for possible success um, in, in terms of you know your uh, original question what's hot and what's not or what could be hot I mean you, you know like like we all hear the buzzwords right yes so it'd be great you know type into Google <laughs> 2020 top tech trends though someone there's gonna be a bunch of articles top 10 lists I think that's a starting point you start making lists. Right. You can go to a Google Capital or Google Ventures. You know, what's Google investing in? Maybe Google's a proxy for where the smart money is. Not necessarily, but maybe. Or some of the larger institutions like a Sequoia, which is one of the most prominent venture funds right. in Silicon Valley. 
and it's right on their website, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> These are the types there. of companies we're investing in. Mm -hmm. And I think that could provide some inspiration and hmm. maybe some direction. Hmm. Um, now, there's an argument to be made that they're lagging indicators and not leading indicators. And so there's a little bit chicken and the egg in right. correlation. Um, however, I, I, I think that might be a starting point okay. to, to, to answer your first question. And then, sure, like we might see that, you know, obviously, some of the themes are going to be coming up again and again and again, right? Yes. Well, you know, like what, you know, like, like big parts of the economy being disrupted in various ways and stuff like that. Are there any specific companies that you've invested in that you're excited about? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a couple companies that I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about. Uh, one is um, Asia Innovations Group. It's a Beijing-based company. Exceptional founders who have done some great things before they set up this company and what's amazing is you know we started as a chat based community platform moved into live streaming mm. games online dating cool. and so the company has become a factory for launching amazing products right. that resonate with um, millennials um, of which all in a little bit similar in terms of like entertainment related okay. video as, as like is as one of the key experiences and they're global by the way we're, we're like we're in 20 markets around the world um, and so to me that's one company that I'm super excited about uh, some of our big brands on, under that business one's called uh, Lamour which is our dating app we have um, UpLive which is our live streaming business oh you're UpLive okay. yeah Pung Pung is our um, chat based game platform in, in, in China so we have a so we have so we have a few sub brands uh, that consumers know us by, um, um, and so that's one company I'm super excited about. Um, a second one is a Berlin-based travel company called Get Your Guide. I invested in the company many years ago. Um, it's a marketplace for travel services. It's not that different from Meituan, right? Just growing like a weed. Amazing team, right? Four out of the five founders are still full-time, love the business, growing quickly. Um, you know, we have exceptional customer service. Mm. Um, the experience is phenomenal. And just like in, in an analogy, like once you use Uber a few times, you think, why would anyone try to fly to camp? I mean, Hong Kong's yeah. different because taxis are everywhere, right? But in most places in the world, like why would you just hop on Uber, right? right. It's just so much seamless and exactly. easy. Um, and similarly, like, like you know, like like when you're a tourist in a city and you're looking for a tour guide, or or, or, or ticket to an attraction, oh. it's insane that you have to go up to the box office right. and buy it. Why not just hop on the app and buy Get it? Your guide. It just makes it total sense. And you know, and this is this is a phenomenal business too. Mm -hmm. I mean, so so those are two that I'm super excited about. Obviously, there's a few disasters as well. That's part of the game. But yeah, but, but those two I really like. Well, make sure our listeners download those apps. Um, just a few more questions. Um, in terms of uh, the time machine question, uh, if you could go back in time and talk to 20-year-old Fritz, what would you say to him? Start a company sooner, that's for sure, number one. Number two, study physics, <laughs> not economics. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Um, Why? I think, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I mentioned before, like, uh, we live in a, a mathematical world. Right. You know, maybe that would be helpful. I think, um, oh, and plus I like physics. <laughs> um, 
I think thirdly, learn Mandarin sooner. It's <laughs> <laughs> another one. And of course, throw in Spanish or something else on top of that if you can. Okay. Um, fourthly, be very efficient with your time. Okay. Um, you know, we we learn in our twenties. Mm-hmm. We're learning from others, from mentors, right. first jobs. In, in our thirties, we're contributing. I guess in our forties, we we're supposed to make money, right? right. And then our fifties, we're supposed to give it back, right? Right. And sixties and seventies, grandkids and next generation stuff, right? You know, and and so. Like in your twenties, make sure you learn a lot, right? Okay. Uh, don't get um, you know, follow those dreams. It's funny, like we talk about it. Follow your dreams, haha, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, like, you know, like we hear about it a lot. Songs have been written about this, right? right? Um, but you know, some of the advice that, that I give about being committed, it's, you know, like when I think about it in my early twenties, like was I committed to following my dreams? Probably not. I, th- I thought I was. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I was ambitious, and then when you know my first boss, in, 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 you know, an amazing executive, she told me. In, in in fact, like I've quoted her earlier in this podcast, she said, "I don't think you're as ambitious as you think you are." Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. How did you take and that? I was like, I was shocked because I thought I was ambitious. Yeah, I, I want to do stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I thought about it. Yeah, you know what? You know, maybe she's right. Maybe right. Uh, I wasn't working the, you know, spending 15 hours in the company, mm-hmm. or aggressively trying to learn every part of the business. I was just more doing my job. Right. I think. Interesting. You know, and maybe, um, and, and to me, like I, and like, like I attribute that to being committed. Mm-hmm. We talked about taking risk, right? So right. I think you got to take. Taking risk and being committed are kind of similar in some ways, right? Yeah. Just go and do it. And, 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 and over the years, there's, you know, the, you know, the, the, the one thing that your um, audience will figure out after a while is you don't meet too many people that just throw you off. You go, wow, this person thinks differently. Right. This person is amazing. You don't meet too many people. You might meet. Like if you're lucky, you'll meet more than one a year, but uh, but I think about you know th- you know you know kind of the few people I've met who just made me think, oh my gosh, I have to either up my game, I have to think differently, you know they just opened my eyes and um, and I'm friends with some of them. One is an extremely famous person, by the way, who wasn't famous like when I knew her. <laughs> um, but um, you know, I I, I, I I think your audience just needs to, to, to be listen, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna meet people like that, and they'll be if 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 the impact on you is done the right way, it can be extremely positive. Right. Um, and we're really and like I'm even thirsty for that now. I think you know I, I yesterday I was talking to an entrepreneur, and one of the questions I asked him was, who's the smartest person you've met in the last year? Who's the most interesting person you've met in the last year? Someone who's just like, wow, this person thinks different. Yeah. And like, I ask you that same question, and there's not many. Yeah. It isn't like you can rattle off a list of 50 people. Right. It might be one or two. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and like, what does that tell us about our position? Well, one is because we probably hang out with and, and engage with people we're more similar to. Right. Right? Human beings, yeah. biases, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Part of it is... Part of it is uh, those people just now, 
like aren't out there as frequent or their their occurrence is not as frequent frequent as we think yes um, and thirdly even if they are there and you meet them they may not even bother to share anything with you that right. will change your mind because who are you to them right yeah, exactly um, and, and so we have to be extremely grateful for those people who have been those who have influenced me yeah who, you know and, and they may not even um, known they were doing it um, but, but certainly they did mm. yeah. well we're supposed to be the average of the five people we spend the most time with and um, I hope that our audience can um, uh, that's a great I, I, I've never heard of that before oh, really? that's a, a brilliant I love oh, that okay yeah. <laughs> very good yeah. <laughs> yeah well hopefully our audience can uh, get something out of uh, listening to this podcast to sort of up there because a lot of the times, um, yeah, we won't we don't get to meet the people that are brilliant on that level, but we can listen to them. We can listen to the interviews. We can read their books. Would you think there was something um, related to that? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, but like I'm like I'm I'm glad you said that. Um, that's the beauty of digital media, right? right? Uh, one is we can have long form interviews. You know, these podcasts, right? Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, all right. the, I mean, whether we like them or not, um, the opportunity to do a long-form interview, like a two-hour interview, yeah. you know, when like um, Andy Yang was with, um, I forgot who he was being interviewed with, he spent two hours talking to them. Right. It was just amazing. Yes. Right? You could really understand somebody. Exactly. Um, and, and yeah, it, right, we, we, we don't have to be in person anymore. We don't even, they don't even have to recognize we exist, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's the benefit of this like unlimited capacity, right? Yeah. Of having long form interviews, yeah. but also also discovery, right? Everyone likes this. Oh well, everyone is doing a thumbs up, or or, yeah. or, or the reviews and rankings are saying this particular presenter or, 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 or podcaster is amazing. Yeah, and we have an opportunity now to discover. Mm-hmm. So discovery. This is now I'm sounding like a silly like venture capitalist. <laughs> But the discovery of, 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 of interesting content mm-hmm. um, is, is so much easier yes. with all the search engines and all that and the app stores and all yeah. that. How they're ranked and evaluated exactly. is, is great. It's, it's much easier. And then we have this long form like opportunity, which is, which is even better. Um, and in, in, in you're absolutely right. I mean, now we can listen. And, and like unlike a book, it's a bit give and take. It's a bit um, extemporaneous. Yes. Um, we'll have some funny gems. Yeah. And also, you know, the personality comes out. Yes, and, and, exactly. And, and, and to me, that's important too. You know, that helps us understand as well. Yeah. That's good too. But uh, I mean, to me, that's all goodness. Hmm. I think I, I feel like uh, I listen to Tim as well. Uh, I feel like the twenty hours I've spent with him, I I, I kind of know him. I've spent twenty hours with Tim Ferriss. And, and I've it, never it, met him. <laughs> and, and, and isn't it, isn't it, yeah, so there's one, um, yeah, like, well-known person I've spent, yeah, many hours, like, watching his YouTube videos, yeah. listening to his podcasts, and then when I met him, it, it's, it, and, and I actually had a meeting with him for an hour. Right. And it was surreal. It is yeah. so surreal to know, feel like, like you know them so well. Yeah, exactly. Every quirk, <laughs> you know, every mannerism. Yeah. But you've only met the first time. And, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose if um, I mean we've seen Barack Obama speak so many times. Yeah, exactly. If, if Barack, he was yeah. here, like, oh, I know you, yeah, President Obama. I already know you, right? <laughs> yeah. 
and of course he's like who are you <laughs> but yeah it's it's amazing yeah i mean it's yeah i'm, I'm, I'm I'm really glad you said that. That's that's really interesting. It's the beauty of the times we live in now. Technology is really. I mean, the beauty. These are the good things of technology that people take for granted. And, yeah, this is. You know, and, and, I mean, like we live in an era now, where we have access. You, you know, like they talk about, like all those poor people in Africa are going to have the same information that you know the grad student at MIT has, right? Yeah. That's what they talk about, yeah. right? Blah 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 blah. You know, we're going to we're going to democratize stuff. But what, 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 what I think is even more impactful, actually, is not that. It's going to be all of us who already live in, you could say, was it the first world? I, I, right. I, I, I know that's politically incorrect, the whatever, like the developed the world. world. Yeah, yeah, right, like the rich world, right. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know, normal, whatever, like middle class, upper middle class yes. people who all of a sudden have access to information that elites and silos used to have access to. Exactly. Yeah. That, to me, is going to have a bigger impact. Right. It's 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 actually going to allow, if if, if you know if, if if you want to know about astronomy, you could, you, you could actually be a, I, I wouldn't say an expert, but 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 you could go down the learning curve very quickly by going to Google Scholar, mm -hmm. reading you know the top academic papers, exactly. yeah. um, watch some YouTube videos yeah. of those same academics. You could figure out which conferences they go to mm -hmm. and, and, and read the agenda and exactly. like the topics. And, and within a very short period of time, you could become, you could say, conversation or uh, uh, you could have a, a certain level of fluency yes. within that area that before yeah. it was like you would have to go to the, a library and yeah. it would be yeah, university never, courses. Yeah, and, it, yeah. It, it wouldn't work. <laughs> you know, now it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, like universe, I mean, like, I mean, you could approximate many university at least freshman sophomore and maybe junior you can approximate already mm -hmm. yeah in many many yeah. many ways and i'm not just talking about an online course um i'm talking about just like creating your own course exactly yeah. and, and having your own interests and passions and things and and to me that's a in an even greater revolution is for those people in the uh, the, the developed world that were stuck in these little silos, yes. and, 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 and now there's a little bit more mobility because yeah. of that. Um, um, you could say intellectual mobility yeah. and, 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 and possibly economic and social mobility too. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's super. It's, I mean, anyone in the early twenties should be super excited, or that, or, or, or maybe they're used to that. But mm -hmm. kind of when I think about it. I remember having you have to go to the like, university. You have to like use a university library and the stupid yeah, cards yeah. and how things were referenced. Yeah. It's just like insane that you have to do it. You would have had to have done it that way in the past. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of a democratization, I guess, of education. Yeah, right. Education. And, yeah, ex ex exactly. Yeah. And and right, exactly. And and the beneficiaries of that democratization is not just all the kids in Africa. Yeah. But it's middle and upper middle exactly. class people yeah. in the rich countries as well. Get access to these master classes with, yeah, with a master such as yourself, I guess. Right, yeah. and then also those, and of course, you know, those those with amazing domain knowledge already. Now they could pick up other, maybe they could be more of a polyglot or whatever. Mm -hmm. right? Who knows, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe we'll see more of those pop up, right? It used to be very rare, right? Yeah. Like Leonardo da Vinci, and yeah, I mean, exactly. started it, but there was like very few, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden. Maybe we'll see more of that. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds sort of like a, a good good place to end the interview. So I just want to thank you for your time. And, uh, yeah, it was it was happy a, to be supportive. Happy to chat. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs>